Abba Yahweh, new words that you've brought and inspiration that you've drive me to share, Father God. Thank you for this. You bless me so that I can bless others, and in that, I am blessed. Thank you, Father, for that opportunity to share with these brothers and sisters, and in your knowledge and your wisdom that you give to me. This is not for me, not a pat on my back by any means whatsoever, because without you, Father, I would be, I would be nothing. I would be nothing. You are all things. You are all you are sovereign over all. Jesus Christ, your sacrifice, you are the joy of my life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Thank you. Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Parakritos Aman. All praiseworthy. Uh, forgive me, brothers and sisters. I don't know if you can hear them in the background, but my doggos are kind of, they're tangling a little bit. But that's okay. We're going to do this anyway. So, the thought process that was going through my head and, and driven to this inspiration by the Holy Spirit and that we should, and, and I have a playlist on my, uh, my phone and I go to and I listen to, it's contemporary Christian music. There's some really good ones. I like the old, I like the old hymns, I do. Some of them are really, really powerful and potent, but the new contemporary music that I listen to is also very powerful. But here's the thing. I challenge you, brothers and sisters, to listen to the words. You might, oh, that beat's really nice. That's good sound. And, you know, I like that. And it makes me happy. But listen to what the artists are saying. The words are absolutely profound. Here's one. I I got a list here that I'm going to go down to and try to make it as quick as I can. We are messengers. They're singing of emotional scars, but still pointing to God and declaring that God is the start and finisher. Singing of the imperfections and relating to self-degradation and unable to forgive because they can't, they're unable to forgive oneself. And not being able to face God because of turning away. Do we not do that in our walk all the time? I mean, that's that's in this world. Bringing scars and bruises without being perfect. But two, that's what God is requiring of us. He just wants our hearts and our love. And he deals with the rest. We don't have to be perfect. He doesn't expect us to. If we bring sacrifice of those things to him, he doesn't examine us. He's examining the sacrifice itself and our righteousness because he already knows our heart. He doesn't examine us. When they brought, and I shared this before, when people brought their sacrifice to the temple, they didn't examine the bringer of the sacrifice. They examined the sacrifice. Are you bringing a sacrifice and giving it to God and being righteous in that? Toby Mack, I like this guy. Uh, he's got a lot, a lot of nice sayings that he shares, but he sings of life's woes, the ups and downs, but that God is dealing with that and faith that he walks in faith. He sings of Psalm 23, the leading of the good shepherd and his safety when the world, when the wolves come that are out in this world, because they are, those are part of the minions of the devil. Not only serpents and scorpions, but the wolves that are out there that come around, prowling around, snarling and salivating and and trying to frighten and scare. But the good shepherd gives him a whack with his staff, for thy staff comforts and protects me. 
Psalm 23, read it, it's there. And the staff is not only for leading, protecting, guiding, and comfort. And the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, is that good shepherd. And the only hope, and remember in Hebrews 11.1, that we must walk in faith and not by sight, because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Shane Harper sings of the world and how hard it is to deal and see the good. He sings of the demons of torment that try to get us to give up and let them take our joy. He further sings of the angels that will hold us up as the demons try to steal what we know. Don't give it to them. And remember that they can't steal or rob anything. They can only take away what we give them. Christ gave us power and authority over the serpents and the scorpions. That's scriptural. Don't give it to them. They can't take it. So when I hear sometimes, sadly, some Christians who are claiming to be so will say, oh, my joy was robbed today. I don't feel very praiseworthy. I don't feel very much like uh, talking to God. Well, you know what? You gave up. You gave it to them to take away. They can't take it. You let them you let them walk away with it. They didn't rob anything from you. You surrendered it and gave up. And that's what their purpose is. Their purpose is to seek discouragement, get us dismayed in everything that goes on and then we surrender and we become discouraged. I'm going to share it again. George Bailey was going to jump off the bridge, but the angel Clarence came because God dispatched him not to heal a sickness, but to to keep him from being discouraged. Discouragement will take you down that path of depression and self-destruction, and it will do that. And it torments us to that point. We have authority over them. And then there's a group called Third Day. They sing of running to his heart. Run to the secure tower. The scripture describes that that the Lord is our secure and safe tower. That's where we need to run. And that he is, brothers and sisters, be a man or woman, be with a soul on fire, because that's what he desires for him, to restore our joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength and not the happenings that determine our happiness. That cannot give us true happiness. But that takes practice. It does. It takes practice. Paul tells us to practice that. Paul writes to that to the church of Philippi, of practicing, meditating. That takes practice. Seek the Lord in all things in his way. We will find secure and refuge. Jesus Christ is our rock. The cleft in the rock. We just go and we we can stand in there and be protected. God knows that we err and he doesn't condemn us for that. That's Satan's goal is to bring blame, regret, discouragement. That's what his purpose is. God's purpose is for us to share in the good news gospel of Jesus Christ and to be in heaven with him for always. He's our father. His purpose is to to bring us home. It's not to condemn us, to ridicule us, or by any means at all chase us away. That's not what it's about. His higher love. 
talking about contemporary artists. There it is again. Steve Winwood sings about the higher love. Nowhere in that song is there anything about eroticism or eros. A lot of people looked at it that way. But you know what? The perception, I think, is misguided because if you read the lyrics, which I shared with you before, his higher love, nothing in that song talks about eros. Possibly singing about uh, fellatio love, which is brother and sisterly love. But the way he's singing, I think that's more relevant. But he sings about that higher love that he's looking for and seeking that higher love. Brothers and sisters, that's agape love. Uh, That's what I shared with you. That higher love, agape, unconditional. Jesus Christ had that. Doesn't expect us to do anything except share the gospel and walk in faith. But he came and he laid his life down and asked nothing for repayment. He did that. The only begotten Son of God sacrificed himself for us. Tornwell sings, as Paul described when he was in prison, and holding on to the joy and the strength of the Lord. Paul did that in prison, saying that he had to learn, and this takes practice as well, you have to learn to be content in what you have. Quit seeking things that you think that you need because most of the time that's just what you want. God knows what we need. I find myself entrapped in that sometimes, you know, some cool things that I'd like to, I want and I want to have. But you know, as I sit here at my table, I look around for the minimal things that I do. But you know what? I'm joyful. Why? Because God brought me through all the storm, the turmoil, and some things that the devil's trying to bring hard at me. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, hard at me right now. But you know what? I'm not giving up. Why? Because I'm not dead yet. And until I'm done and gone, God makes me invincible through him, through his strength, through Christ who strengthened me. I can do all things. That's what I hold on to. That's what brings me joy. Not what's going on around me, not having stuff. I can't remember if I shared with you or not. Remember, I'm an old guy. Saul actually, when it was coming time for him to be anointed and become king of Israel. He almost misses anointing. Why? Because he was caught up in his stuff. He was down there in his treasury and looking at all the things that he had accumulated. And he was caught up in his stuff and he almost missed it. They had to go find him. Don't get caught up in stuff. And Torrin Wells continues to sing about the mountaintop and the strength of the Lord that got him there. And in the valleys that God sees him even there. God's vision is not diminished by what we perceive as a dark valley. And remember too that we are not alone. That's one of the verses in his song. I am not alone. Joshua 1.9 Have I not commanded thee to be of strong courage? Be not afraid nor dismayed, for I, thy Lord, thy God, am with you whithersoever thou goest. If you're on the mountaintop in the sunshine and enjoying that and raising your hands and worshiping God, good. If you happen to slip on a stone and you go tumbling down, you fall into that dark valley because you erred, you made a mistake, and you're down there, look up. God still sees you. 
and you're not alone. There's a song by a group called Switchfoot. They sing of the fears that we face that love alone erases. What are we talking about here? That higher love of God. And remember this too, brothers and sisters. Fear is a pseudonym of the devil. Another name that is given to Satan besides Lucifer, Prince of the Air, excuse me. And I shared that with you because uh, actually Lucifer used to be that. And he can make music without instruments. And some things that he retains except for the fact that he can't understand our speech if we speak to God in the spirit. He can't discern that. God doesn't allow him to understand what we're saying because that's heavenly language. And Lucifer, Satan, fear, false evidence appearing real does not have that authority anymore. That was taken from him when he got cast into the earth and into the pits of hell as lightning cast from there. So, anyway, I'm getting excited about that. And he's, uh, anyway, that's the higher love that we talked about. And God is love. Fear nothing. And don't be afraid to go through the open door of the unknown. And fear. Step through in faith and fear nothing. That's love is worth the fight. And we must conquer the fears and Paul wrote in Philippians 4 13 that all can be done through Christ who strengthens me that is the word of God and that is truth so going through that door of the unknown we have to walk with faith we have to walk because faith is the substance of the things that are hoped for that we find at the other end of that hallway or that open space that we're walking into, the unknown that we have. It is also the evidence of things not seen. Walk in faith and not by sight. Walk through that door. God opened it, walk through it. And they have another song called Let It Out. It's about being in it. And in it, I mean, being in the midst of the turmoil and all the stuff that goes on. Are we up against the ropes? We're in the fight. And sometimes, as it is in the book of Isaiah, he talks about being still and knowing that he is God. We're up against the ropes. We got to let it out. We got to let it go. We got to just breathe. We got to pause and take. But don't give up the fight. That's not what's being said. Don't give up the fight, but just kind of step back because it might be that God's got the gloves on now and he wants you to sit down on the stool and take a rest while he goes out there and he swings away. So give it a rest. Give it a break. Don't give up. Give it a rest. And in that rest, what you do is you surrender that and put it at the feet of the altar. And God will give you peaceful rest. You can lay down and rest at night. Song by We Are Messengers sings in another of the the sorrows and pain that seems all around us and that's so real. And through our own sight and our own thoughts, we diminish God and his ability. And that is our fault. 
And it talks about magnifying him. But here's an interesting thought that, that went through my mind. I believe the Holy Spirit whispered this in my ear. It sure is appropriate. You know, when you talk about you're in the church and you're worshiping and you're singing, you magnify the Lord. Well, I'm looking to the other side of the other definition because you know when you go in the dictionary, you have several. Definition one, two, three, four, and sometimes there's six or eight of them. But magnify. In our own thought process, we diminish God and his ability because we think this is where the problem is. We think that it's too big for God. Huh, excuse me, sovereign Lord over everything, created everything by all things, by his word, they consist, not only exist, consist by his word. So diminishing God, but let us magnify God. What happens when you look through a magnifying glass? Things are larger. So let's make God as big as he really is. Don't diminish God in your private thoughts and your own feelings that he's not big enough for what you got. What, are you so important that what your problems have are too big for God? Cut it out, brothers and sisters. Don't do that. We cannot do that because we are, we're not all that. We're important to him. We hold value to God. That's why he loves us so much. And that's why he will come and rescue us whenever we call out and ask him to. But remember this too, brothers and sisters. God doesn't function on our time, okay? God's got his timing. And sometimes when there's a delay and he says no, there's a good purpose for it. So if you wait on the Lord, that's also Isaiah talks about that. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We shall mount up on wings as an eagle. We will fly. We will run and not be weary. Walk and never faint. Uh, you remember when he took off running, when this was all going on around Jezebel and had a messenger took off in a chariot, was he fleet of foot? He pulled up and girded his loins with his robe and took off running. He beat the chariot to where they were going to deliver a word. That is the power of God. And when that took place, um, I'm not thinking he was a real young guy. Run and not be weary. Walk and never faint. But we have to remember, don't diminish God in our own in our own vision and thoughts. Let's magnify him, but let's magnify him not only in worship and praise, but with the magnifying glass so we can see God big as he is. I mean, come on. He created everything that we see around us day or night and that that we cannot see. We do not know what is out there beyond, and people try to speculate because they're doing that in their own thought process. If we try to understand and really think like God, I'm telling you that our minds would mushroom cloud explode. Can't get it. Just like we don't understand, many people are baffled so much by Jesus Christ coming and being crucified. How did that happen? Why did that happen? Because God so loved the world. That little word again. Then there's a song by Wren Collective. 
singing of God's kingdom and the Holy Spirit, and we have to lay down our lives for heaven's cause. Several points, in fact, there. Lay down our lives. That means the way that we have our uh, chasing women, going to the bar, carousing, and doing all that sort of thing. And then on the other side there, that there might be a time that we would have to lay down our life. Would we be willing to do that? We, we have to do that in faith. I mean, brothers and sisters, there are brothers and sisters being martyred right now simply because they declare their belief in Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of God and their faith in God and not in the communistic country that's leading them, socialistic country that's leading them, or whatever other, uh, you know, there's countries out there that are just not even, they don't even really have any leadership. They're in this constant civil war because there's thugism that's going on out there. Who's ever most powerful and got the biggest gun and the most men that will follow him and listen to him is the boss. And then sometimes somebody comes up and pull, puts a bullet in his brain and then somebody else is a boss. And those people that declare their belief in Jesus Christ and faith in God are dying there, literally dying there, not just laying their da- lives down uh, figuratively, but they're literally dying and having their heads cut off, shot, executed, put in internment camps over in the, where was this at? I'm trying to think now, um, running from Iran. There are nearly 2 million people that claim to be Christians and claim their faith in God and belief in Jesus Christ. One and a half million of those people have run away from the country and are refugees because of the persecution there in that very same country. And I read the scripture to you where family will turn against family and brothers against brothers and, and that you're going to be snitched on, ratted out, however you, whatever terminology you want to use. A man, a woman and her child were beheaded because they declared their faith in God and belief in Jesus Christ. And who gave her up to the authorities? Her husband gave her up. They took her away and they beheaded both her and her child because of faith in God. A 10-year-old child because of their faith faith in God and belief in Jesus Christ. Sorry, I get a little excited about stuff like this. But in their song, they talk about uh, surrendering our lives of hatred and anger and literally our lives. Will we be able to do that? When we're confronted by the condemnation by the world, will we stand up or be like Peter was when he denied Christ. Aren't you a Christian? I don't know what you're talking about. I go because my friend keeps bothering me and I'm doing it because I don't want to be bothered. You're a Christian. No, I'm not. I just go to appease. No, you're a Christian. I'm telling you I'm not a Christian. And then the third time, Peter actually cursed. So are we going to be more like Peter at that instance, or are we going to be like Peter the Rock, who was crucified, but because of his 
unworthiness that he declared in being crucified, he was actually crucified upside down because he felt not worthy to be hung on the cross the same way that Jesus Christ was and was crucified for his belief in Jesus Christ and his faith in God. Are we going to be like that Peter or the previous Peter? I pray for our strength, brothers and sisters, because it's real. And they sing of the healing and the streets and our land. That's for real. We need that. Then if there's Corey Asbury and the song of the Father's house. Being lost in the mistakes. Satan's desire is just that, that we get lost in there. We get caught up in that condemnation, that we get full of regret, disappointment, uh, which leads to discouragement, and ultimately surrender. That's his desire, that we give up. He doesn't want us to be going to heaven. He doesn't want us to be close to God and that we have to surrender, but we surrender that to God in faith. Condemnation that comes from the liar and fear is not what defines me. That evaluation comes from what my father does. And when we seek valuation of mammon, that's the biggest make mistake that we can possibly make. When we look to be valued by our fellow man, that's a mistake. Huge mistake. Valuation comes from God the Father only. His value is what's important to us. Should be what's important to us. That's what's important to me. That I'm doing the right thing and in the way that God is taking care of me and provides for me. Um, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, I'm going to share this with you right now. I haven't gone grocery shopping in about a little over a month. I mean, I can't afford a lot of things. I'm living that and that. But God is providing for me. <laughs> I Sometimes I go in and I find it absolutely miraculous that where'd that come from? How'd that get... I don't remember. I thought that was all used up. And there it is. And sometimes in a point, God has me get some extra things when I've gone. He knows what's coming. He knows that there's a time that's approaching and he's still providing even when I don't see it coming. My faith in God is what carries me through. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Brother and sister, we have to practice doing that. There was a time when I thought I was such a good Christian but I didn't have the joy of the Lord. Where was my joy? In my stuff, the stuff that I had. Brothers and sisters, I love my God. I love Jesus Christ, his sacrifice for us. And that's what that song is about. In my father's house, there is nothing but his value. Fear, condemnation, that's not what defines me. That's... That is what my father does. My father defines me and he places us in high esteem. He loves us. Here's that little word again. God so loved us. And I'm going to, I'm going to change that, not in biblical sense, but only in my own thought process. Because when it was written, they were talking about that time when Jesus was crucified for God so loved the world, but God so loves us. And he did that then so that we can have the opportunity now. We still have that opportunity. Brothers and sisters, I offer that out to you. So the valuation that we need is from God and not from the world. And here I have a t-shirt actually and I like to wear it. 
I would much rather stand with God and be judged of man than stand with man and be judged of God. God is much more powerful. And when God is moving, prison doors open up. Peter was in, in Acts 12. You can read about Peter being in prison. And the angel came and gave him a kick in the side and woke him up. He was chained between two guards. They were attached to him because the Pharisees were fearful of what was going to happen and what was going on with the Christians that were preaching. There was one that stood up and said, ah, don't worry about it, it'll go away. But it didn't, and it keeps on going, and it keeps on going, and it keeps on going. So they chained up Peter, put him between two guards, and he was chained to them, so he was attached. So if he moved and went for the door, they would fill it and wake up. They were so fearful of him that they had guards inside the cell, plus they had multiple guards outside. They had an inner door with guards. They had an outer door with guards. Then they had the gate to the prison with guards. The angel came in and gave him a kick. Woke him up, and he went out. The angel took him and set him in the streets and sent him on his way. Where did he go? He went to Mary's house, John's mother. And we know who that is. Should know. In, her, in the house of prayer, that's where he went. And in her house... They were praying for Peter. They were praying to God that, you know, they were fearful to lose Peter because Peter was becoming not as the former, but as the latter, that rock, that foundation that Jesus told them he would be. And isn't that something even over there in Peter's weakness, Jesus knew that he would be the rock of the temple, of the body that he was going to build upon. And then Peter showed up and he knocked and the young woman that opened the gate and saw that it was him, she ran inside to tell everybody. They said, ah, baloney. It's just his spirit. It goes, which is what they did when Jesus Christ came back and rose from the dead. And they said, ah, baloney. And then they went out and then they got all excited because they had to go see for themselves. And Peter hushed them because he didn't want people on the street to get that back. Then he was out of prison. But he went to the house of prayer. Prayer is powerful, brothers and sisters. We must stay in prayer. And we have to give up on this guilt and the fear that we have. The power of God and faith. The wall of Jericho fell. And that burden of guilt and shame that, and regret that we carry around, those are chains are heavy. But Christ in his sacrifice, he broke through those chains. And through him, we can go to the Father who loves us so much. Loves us so much. And he still loves that he gave his only begotten son. And that we can live always in our Father's house. That's what he wants us to do. He just wants us to come home. Be home. This is not our home. This is earth. We're we're in the in the gap between heaven and earth, this earthly realm, and and more of his children. And our purpose is that we can get as many to come back home as possible. That's what our purpose is. That's what our design is, and what our goals should be. 
And in doing so, if we lay down our lives, well, then so be it for me. And I pray that others would be of that courage. And the group Cain sings of the being in the dark and growing comfortable place in the lies that we've grown accustomed to. Brother and sister, sadly, there are some Christians who are claiming to be, again, the cultural Christians that think that since you walk near a church and you carry the Bible, somehow you're going to absorb Christianity. It does not work that way. You have to seek his face. Seek those things that are heavenly and all the desires of your heart will be given to you. But you have to seek that first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God in his word. Seek his truth. Seek his righteousness and his wisdom. Brothers and sisters, first. And then the desires of your heart will be given to you. But Cain sings about this, that, and there are those that have become quite comfortable. They don't want to get out and share or be ridiculed or have somebody point at them and condemn them for being a Christian. Ah, you're one of those radical Christians, eh? Uh, yeah, to a point. And there's some churches that are very radical that get out and actually become very confrontational and have gone to, uh, sadly, I will share in particular, mostly funerals of veterans. And they go out and become very assaultive and combative. That's not scriptural. That's not godly. And those that went to lay their lives on the line so that they could have the freedom of speech and live as they do or decide that they want to do, and they go and they besmirch them and dishonor them and actually become physically assaultive and combative. And actually on some tapes, I've heard them use some really not very graceful language. That's not biblical. But people will see that and they'll point that. But here's the point to that. I'm not judging. Okay, that's not my point to judge. I'm merely pointing out. My job is to give an opportunity God's job and his authority is judgment. They will be judged. Judgment is mine, thus saith the Lord. Vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord as well. That's not for us to go back and get at anybody. That's not our purpose and not our job. We don't get excited. Can you imagine what it was like when Jesus was going through Samaria when he met the woman at the well and that they had actually been in, invited to stay in the residence of a, a fairly wealthy man there and they were staying for a time, but the hatred that was between the Samaritans and the Jews was so profound. Can you imagine what was going on between them as they tried to walk out and do different things? And there were some that were accepting and the Samaritans were had accepted them into their Aryan culture. But can you imagine... That must have been pretty rough. So there are Christians that are comfortable. They pull back in, they go to the little comfort spot, and they roll that stone across the front. So they're in there in the dark, and they say, man, I hope nobody sees me. And let me tell you, you get caught up in there, you feel safe and sound in that tomb and the despair and that you feel like at times that you're too lost to be found? Let me tell you this about that. There is no place that God's love cannot reach. And as in the song says, rise up, take a breath of that love, 
as did Lazarus, walk out of that tomb into the light of his glorious day. It is there. It is there. Yahweh Aman. There's another song by Cottrell in his song. He talks about walking out into the glorious day, rising again. And I'm going to share this one with you. In Psalm 139, 1 through 14, it talks about all the places that you might be able to go or hide. God's going to find you. In verse 14, I will praise thee for I am fearfully now that's talking about auspicious fear. Don't run and hide and try to hide from God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. That my soul knoweth right well. When David wrote that song to God, he was just telling God, my soul knows that. And I praise you, God. And that, my brothers and sisters, is contemporary music. But there's singing of Old Testament. There's singing of New Testament. There's singing the righteousness of God, the Father. There's singing in truth. And there's singing in light. Brothers and sisters, I challenge you to get some of these songs. Listen to them. And, I mean, listen Don't just hear them and say, oh, that's a nice beat. Listen to the words as they speak. Man, it is powerful and profound what God does, and he uses many, many tools to get to that end. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Thank you for letting me share with you. And anyone that hears this and this podcast, and you don't know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, And you've never experienced God as your Lord and Sovereign. The invitation is there, okay? It doesn't have to be this great big trumpet blasting and, and, you know, hundreds of people surrounding you and all putting their hands on you or trying to. It doesn't have to be like that. This seed that I plant, I pray, might manifest in growth. All you have to do, brothers and sisters, if you don't know, and this would be a time for a prayer posture on your knees, that kneeling down is not like these protesters do in contempt and dishonor. When you kneel before God, it is showing God you're surrendering yourself and what you are to Him, that you want Him to be your God and that you want to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I offer that opportunity for you, brothers and sisters. If you've never done that, it is amazing. And it doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect and that you're going to float above the ground as a Christian and things won't ever happen to you because trust me, they will because this world is a broken world. And Satan's desire is that everything doesn't go that way. His desire is to knock you off the path. But brothers and sisters, if you've never taken that opportunity, make so. You can do it by yourself. If you have somebody that you trust and you you believe are truthful, faithful followers of God and Jesus Christ, 
Get them to pray with you. Kneel down. Surrender your life and your heart and soul. And confess that Jesus Christ is the king, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the king of kings. And that he is the only begotten son and his blood was for you to be cleansed. And that you give that to him, God. And that you will have faith in God. It's an opportunity that you shouldn't miss. It's like a great, what are they? Oh, a great premiere. It's like you go and light. And you know when you do that? It says in the Bible that the angels in heaven rejoice. They actually have a big hoopla in heaven. Tambourines, trumpets, harps, singing praises. When you do that, you can't see it being done, but you are the reason for that party. And when we get to heaven, it's going to be a reunion. It's going to be unimaginable. I bless you, brothers and sisters, with the word of God and the truth. And I pray that you see that that's all this is. This is not about Raven. And I get the Raven sometimes about the word of God, but I can't help it. I just desire constantly to be that man on fire for my God. You have a blessed day. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for allowing me to share with you. Yahweh Aman. God is praiseworthy.